Grace and peace, everyone, and welcome to KNEC Sermons, a podcast of Kurt Newton and East Calder, Church of Scotland. And let's listen to today's episode. Our reading today is from Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 to 14. Let's listen for God's word. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, This month is to be for you the first month, the first month of your year. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. If any household is too small for a whole lamb, they must share one with their nearest neighbour, having taken into account the number of people there are. You are to determine the amount of lamb needed in accordance with what each person will eat. The animals you choose must be year-old males without defect, and you may take them from the sheep or the goats. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of the month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Then they are to take some of the blood and put it on the sides and tops of the door frames of the houses, where they eat the lambs. That same night they are to eat the meat roasted over the fire, along with bitter herbs and bread made without yeast. Do not eat the meat raw or boiled in water, but roast it over a fire with the head, legs and internal organs. Do not leave any of it till morning. If some is left till morning, you must burn it. This is how you are to eat it, with your cloak tucked into your belt, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand. Eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. On that night, on that same night, I will pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn of both people and animals, and I will bring judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I am the Lord. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you. No destructive plague will touch you when I strike Egypt. This is a day you are to commemorate for the generations to come. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord, a lasting ordinance. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. So let's pray before we uh, consider more of God's word. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us through so many different ways, and particularly through your word and through your son and by your spirit. So through these ways, speak to us this day we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. Moses, I want to speak both about Exodus chapter 3, which was covered in the video earlier on with the children, and uh, Exodus chapter 12, which I read earlier. Um, Exodus chapter 3 was last week's reading, which we we didn't actually use in the service, which covers mostly a... Moses' experience of God where he is told he's standing on holy ground, he takes off his sandals. He's out in the wilderness with the sheep doing a very ordinary task looking after uh, his father-in-law's sheep. And it's in the midst of that ordinary activity going about his everyday business that he encounters something extraordinary. A curious wonder, a bush that is on fire and doesn't burn out and just continues to continues to burn without consuming up the, the bush. Uh, one of the translations of the Bible tells us that the reason this has happened is that it's God's way of trying to get people's attention. And uh, 
it's I think that's a good thing for us us to take right from the very beginning that uh, God, the burning bush is a sign of God trying to get people's attention to meet them on holy ground with the promise of rescue. And so the first thing I would say I want to learn from this is it's good to be alert to the curious wonders in our world as God's way of getting people's attention. In the midst of our everyday, ordinary things, we can encounter God. And we can know that because God's presence is with us, that we are on holy ground. And we can encourage other people to discover that holy ground too. So it's good to be alert to the curious wonders in our world as God's way of getting people's attention. And secondly, as with Moses, there's a sense that we never feel up to the task, we never feel equipped, we never, in a sense, feel good enough. As Moses says to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He didn't feel equipped to do it. Maybe we don't feel equipped necessarily to, to do good things, to do great things. And it is good to have a healthy humility of our own self, but also the courage to embrace our true self, who God says that we are. God answers Moses' fears and his insecurities with the promise, I will be with you. I will be with you. That's really all Moses needed to know. Though, of course, he goes on to say he's still not a good speaker and, and God appoints Aaron to speak on his behalf. But even still the sense that I will be with you, surely that is all Moses should need to know. Surely that's all that we need to know, that no matter what is happening, God is with us. I will be with you every day every moment in every circumstance is what God is saying. I will be with you in your pain and in your rejoicing. I will be with you in your grieving and in your hurting. I will be with you in your waiting. I am Yahweh. Yahweh. God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites when you go to them. I am has sent me to you. I am who I am. I will be what I will be. I am with you. I am with you. I am in you. As close as the breath you breathe. The New Testament declares that that Christ is in you, the hope of glory. Jesus used the very same words, I will be with you, the same promise he tells his friends after being raised from the dead. I will be with you even until the very end of the age. This is really key. And it's getting this ingrained into our psyche that is really important. Sitting with this truth in silence and in solitude, practicing this truth in our everyday moments, so that when we see burning bushes in our everyday comings and goings, will be alert to the turning aside and listening to the voice of love within us 
and rising up to live out of that place of love and belonging. So maybe that's the third thing we can learn from this. It's good to practice the presence of God with us. And that might just be simply to remind ourselves quietly to say, God is with us. The promise of God is that I will be with you in whatever circumstance you are. I will be with you. Irrespective of what's happening around about you, I will be with you. But for Moses, and as for us, before, before things got better, things got worse for God's people in Egypt, the land of their captivity. The oppression increased. They had to then make bricks without straw. They had, the work was made harder and harder. But amidst it all, God promised deliverance. And there were more and more signs that would come to Pharaoh to get Pharaoh's attention and to get the people of Egypt's attention and to reveal the mighty power of God in Egypt, the light in the place of darkness. And in the midst of plague and we might say in the midst of pandemic, God's response is Passover, Exodus chapter 12. Passover was, a, was to be a memorial of salvation and deliverance, a reminder, a physical, symbolic reminder that God had delivered, or God would deliver his people from oppression and bring them to a place of promise. Passover was to be a symbol of the beginning of a new year for all the people of God. A new year is announced to God's people in the midst of their captivity. It wasn't yet there, but it was announced. They were to do this even though they were not yet free. The years of slavery and oppression were coming to an end through the word of God. The days of captivity would become the days of deliverance, the day of deliverance by the mighty power of God. God's plan of deliverance would be a plan of justice and peace. It's good to know that God's promise of deliverance has begun. And there is a just sharing of resources. We read in Exodus 12, if a household was too small for a whole lamb, it was to go together with its neighbour. And the blood of the lamb shall feed them and save them. We know that God raised Christ from the dead in the midst of the darkness and oppression of Roman occupation. So much of the Bible and the Gospel is about celebrating God's new life in the midst of old and light in the midst of darkness and freedom in the midst of captivity. It's announcing light and life and freedom even though these things are not yet fully realised. In many cases, they're not, they're not even glimpsed. They don't appear very close at all. But it's, we're called to rejoice in what's not yet fully seen, but which perhaps has been glimpsed from afar and is coming nearer with every passing moment. The Gospel is about a new way of being human in the world. Richard Rohr caught it for me this week when he wrote, Our life's goal is to illustrate both the image and the likeness of God by living in conscious, loving union with God. 
It's a moment-by-moment -moment choice and surrender. Which maybe brings us to our fifth thing. It's good to be alive in union with God and all creation and to remember that we stand on holy ground. So in summary, it's good to be alert to the curious wonders in our world as God's way of getting people's attention. It's good to have a healthy humility of our own small self and the courage to embrace our true self. It's good to practice the presence of God with us. It's good to know that God's promise of deliverance has begun. It's good to be alive in union with God and all creation. We stand on holy ground. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for all your promises. Thank you for the greatest promise of all, that you are with us in Christ. Help us, Lord, to take time to meet with you and to allow you to shape us and for us to begin to trust you with all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening, everyone. You've been listening to KNEC Sermons. You can find more information on our website, www.knc4jesus.org.uk. Look forward to hearing and seeing you again. Grace and peace.